What's up, witches? Claudia here. Just jumping on because I completely forgot to do a trigger warning for this episode. And so the trigger warning today is a mention of suicide. Just in the first ghost story, we mention suicide. We don't go into any details. But regardless, if this is something that you can't listen to, absolutely no worries. Look after yourself and I'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Remember when we're talking about morality of murder? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And here's me being like, highwaymen are the ultimate bad boys, you know? <laughs> What's up, witches? It's Claudia here, and I have some exciting news. Finally, we have created a Patreon. So you can find us at patreon.com forward slash truecrimecovinpod. At the moment, there is only one tier. It's the familiar tier, and it's just where you can chuck us a quid just to help keep us going every month. We aim to expand on this and create new tiers and exciting content. But for now, if you'd like to support us in this way, please do go ahead. That's patreon.com forward slash truecrimecovinpod. Enjoy the episode, guys. (laughs) What's up, witches? Hi, I'm Claudia. And I'm Emma. And welcome to True Crime Coven. So, hi Emma. Hello there, how are you? I am good, how are you? I am good, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really honoured. I have been a fan of yours for about a year now, I think. I feel like I'm maybe more honoured because true crime podcasts are such a serious enterprise. Do you know what I mean? And we've we've just had a a conversation off air about like, you know, the ethics Mm. of true crime. And like I was saying to you, I think that you guys do a great job of exploring true crime ethically. So I feel I do feel very honoured to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, we are so happy to have you here whilst Jess is doing important things like giving birth and being a mother. Oh, how inconsiderate, honestly. I know. The same year we decide to do a podcast, really? She needs to get her priorities in order. I think she does. We, I will be talking to her, don't worry. You can say the <laughs> podcast is your baby now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think I was, when I discovered your podcast, I was like binging Sims at the time. Oh, that's and a vibe. Yeah, I go, you know, we all go through phases of the Sims. Yeah. And it was dark outside and it'd be like four in the morning because I have no sense of time. And like my boyfriend would be asleep and I'd be sat there like doing the Sims house, listening to ghost stories and I'd be really creeped out. And then I'd be like, okay, back to my gay bar that I'm creating on the Sims. (laughs) That sounds like really important work that you were doing at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, I can see why you were up all night. I was making, you know, the Sims doesn't have anywhere for, you know, inclusivity. No. So you need to make it. Yeah, it was a beautiful rainbow bar. I had so much custom content. Um, do, you, um, do you do that thing with The Sims where, I mean, I do this every time. So uh, like, you know, maybe once a year, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And I have the this the urge yes. to play The Sims. But all I do on The Sims is build a house. And then when yes. it comes to actually playing, I'm like, oh, well, this is fucking boring. I've yeah. built the house now. The house is stunning. I feel like it's it, psychologically, it's probably some sort of reflection of like wanting to to have like roots and settle it's down like and nesting, all that. It's isn't it? But instead of actually doing all those things, I just play The Sims instead. Yeah. And every time I create a new person who looks very similar to the other person I created. Oh, yeah. I think I've created the same Sim like for years. I have a friend yeah. who has had the same generations of what? Sims since 
she has owned the game. So for literally <gasps> 12 years. That, she's I had, mean... Yeah, she's had the same that is Sims family. That is commitment. That is commitment that I can't even understand. I don't even... I did once do that. I once had a family and... I was so proud that I'd like, kept, you know, they started off with nothing and then she had a husband and then she had a bigger house and she moved to another house and I was so proud of myself and then the game messed up. I <gasps> didn't play them anymore and I've never felt so betrayed. Oh, you see, and I was saying to my friend, I was like, surely you were like mother loading the shit out of it. She was like, no, I don't, I don't cheat in games. I was like, <laughs> I don't cheat. <laughs> oh my, like, who are you? This is pathological. You have the same family, the same generations of this family alive for like 15 years. <laughs> is she very organized in life? Yes, yes uh, she is okay. incredibly Can't, organized. Yeah, I don't, I, sometimes relate. I look, sometimes I look at us and I'm like, how are we friends? I yeah I mean I do that with Jess bless her heart she's like you know been with her husband for forever they got married they've got a house having a baby and I look at my life <laughs> and yeah, the trajectory I've been on but does she have ferrets she doesn't but she does have two well, cats now nah, you see one up for you for the ferrets so. true true they are you smelly that round. and uh, noisy but they are cute <laughs> they are cute and clever I like them a lot yeah well thank you I just wondered if you'd like to tell everyone a little bit about Real Life Ghost Stories, your podcast, and a bit about your content. Hello. So, yes, I'm <laughs> Emma, and I um, host a podcast called Real Life Ghost Stories, which delves into, you might have guessed it, real life <laughs> ghost stories. It's interesting. Anytime I tell people that in real life, like today, I had an appointment this morning, and um, <laughs> the woman was like, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a podcaster, and I have a podcast called Real Life Ghost Stories. And she was like, real life goat stories? Is there... <laughs> Is there oh, much of a market for, for, for goat podcasts? And I was like, no, ghost, ghost story. <laughs> Although there probably is a market for goat podcasts. And I immediately filed that away as ideas to be explored yes. at a later date, you know? Uh, so I tell ghost stories. I release three episodes a week. Two episodes are listener stories where people submit their own spooky goings on. And then on a Sunday, I release like a deep dive into a famous or historical case or haunting. And I've been doing that for the last... Uh, four years ah, <laughs> it's a long time I didn't know it had been four years yeah since 2018 October 2018 amazing. yeah ah amazing and what a great time to start October I know I, I, I see another testament to how disorganized I am I released the first episode on like the 2nd of November I didn't kind of make the connection between like <laughs> wow wouldn't it be really cool if Halloween was our release date woo no it didn't even didn't even cross my mind didn't even cross my mind you were just like I'm gonna do it and when yeah, I I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then here I am, four, four years later, nearly five years, dear Lord. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a long time. And if that's your vibe, if you have a bit of spooky content, you can um, find real life ghost, not goat, real life ghost <laughs> stories anywhere that you get your podcasts. Where you're listening right now, go and check it out. Yeah, do. Please it do. Is, I'd love to, love to hear from you. You have made such a good podcast. And then your community is really great on Facebook as well. Yeah, bless them. Yes, it is. It is a very nice community. I always get visions of it like crumbling from the inside and no, like it turning toxic and everybody fighting each other. And like, but it has <laughs> it hasn't gotten touch wood. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. And I hope it, it stays that way. But I think we've got a very pretty good system of like recognizing the need to just be nice to each other in the Facebook group and stuff. And the yeah. Facebook group has been going for the last four years and it hasn't imploded yet. So yeah. and general rule of thumb in life and in Facebook groups and just in general, don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick. And then everybody will be fine. Yeah. 
Also, a massive congratulations on your recent wins. Thanks very much. You got, so was it, it was third, wasn't it, in both the British Podcast Awards and Irish Podcast Awards? Yes. On the listeners' choice categories, was it? Yes. So, a little insight into the world of, like, podcast awards. You have to submit yourself into the podcast awards. So Mm. they don't, they don't call you up and go, like, we'd like to submit you to, like, you know, best true crime or whatever. You have to submit yourself and then they, they choose to the submissions. I forgot. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot to submit real life ghost stories to both the British and the, the Irish podcast awards and I was like oh god damn it why do I do this every year I miss it every year and then I decided you know what I'm just going to ask people to vote in the listeners choice award didn't go to the British podcast awards like just just didn't didn't show up because I was like oh I can't really be bothered and Idris Elba was there and oh my I, God. I, you know I don't want to be dramatic but I feel like that was mine and Idris Elba's, Elba's like serendipity moment and we could have I mean been my mum would have fought there. you for him but I'd fight her I, I'll fight your mum I don't I don't care <laughs> I will do it but I actually I did go to the Irish Podcast Awards this it was only like a couple of weeks ago and it was great and I was very very happy to come third yeah um, I was delighted with myself so yeah you should you know. be it's amazing and if you, you are if you are listening to this um, whenever those award votey things come around do make sure that you vote for like true crime coven you know vote for any indie podcast that you listen to because yes because we we have it hard out here you know Mm. it's tough when you're up against like the likes of the the kind of bbc sounds Mm -hmm. wondery all of the big guns who have all this money for advertising marketing and etc etc so if you if you are listening and um yeah you could you're in a position to do that do it makes a big difference yeah because i you know obviously like stuff like uncanny they're great podcasts but they they don't need the award in the yeah, same I'm way like, we do give it to me yeah <laughs> i want that yeah we um we asked people to vote for us not in any way that we thought we'd ever win and obviously we didn't we probably like came like bottom of the pile but it's just getting your name out there yeah. and, like you i remember you saying like you never know who's looking at those and thinking oh i could check that out yeah, you know, you do genuinely never know. You never know who's listening. You never know, like, if somebody, whoever is filtering through all of the emails, all of the results, like, somebody's mm. going to be scanning through that and going, oh, I wonder who came where. Yeah, and, exactly. And it might be that somebody goes, oh, True Crime Coven, haven't heard of them. True Crime is, you know, it's a big deal at the moment. Let's check yeah. them out. So it really does help people. It can't hurt. And it takes two yeah. minutes. And just, yeah, you're, any indie podcast that you like, just, it will mean so much to them in every way that you don't, you don't know and you do know (laughs) but no well done it's honestly amazing and so obviously you're from Ireland I sure am and I believe you currently live in Kent I do I live in Canterbury so I live in the southeast I've lived here for the last 10 years August was my 10 year anniversary of living here I was like oh I've been here for so long (laughs) do you like it Oh, I do. I love it. I love it. I love well, Canterbury. I kind of, I do that thing where every time I go to London, because I'm really close to London. I'm only like mm. 50 minutes away on the train. So every time I go into London, I'm like, that's it. I'm moving to London. I'm going <laughs> to sell my soul to the devil and move to London. Because the only way I'd be able to afford it, oh, obviously. One second, Peach is being Peach. Obviously. Peach is also like, I'm moving to London. <laughs> <laughs> She's lived in London. Oh, no, she hasn't. Tell a lie. Right, you bet. Oh, God, now truffles up. Oh, look at them wriggling around in the background. <laughs> Truffle, oh. if you poo by that door. Thank you. Cage. Oh, I love them wriggling around in the back. They're so cute. They're like worms with legs. <laughs> Cat snakes. That's exactly what they are. 
Oh, bless you. Get up. Okay, I think we're fine. Maybe. Oh. This is what we compete with every week. I'm so sorry. Uh, d- uh, don't apologize. Never apologize for ferrets. You were mid-flow about Canterbury in London. Right, Truffle, we'll have water and then I'll have water too. My fizzy water, which is always a bit divisive. I love it. Sparkling water Thank is the bee's knees. I have a soda stream for that reason. I do too, but I haven't refilled it in two years, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I have a... I, like, I, I get very judgmental of people who don't like sparkling water. I'm like, why? They're like... What's, wrong, what's wrong with you? I don't like spicy food, so I find it funny when people like spicy food but don't like sparkling water and they're like, it's like spicy water. I'm like, first of all, it's not. And secondly, like, you like pain, but you don't like sparkling water. And sparkling water is like, I mean, it, it really is from God. Like, come on. Exactly. And it's my favourite fizzy drink and it's healthy. Yeah, me too. I love a bit of sparkling water. It makes me very happy. All right, Truffle, are you going to be good? Yeah, okay. Sorry, you were mid... I, go from wherever you think is best. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Sell so, your soul. Oh, yeah. So I, um, I'm only like 50 minutes away from London by train. So I spend quite a bit of time up there. But every time I go up to London, I'm like, I want to live there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live here and I'm going to go to the theatre every night. And it will be a wonderful beautiful existence and I'll just have to sell my soul to the devil in order to be able to afford it because obviously it's a bazillion pounds to live in yep. London but yeah so I've so Canterbury is kind of a good alternative you know because it's close enough to London and it's a cute little city it is and uh, yeah I've been here for a long time I used to go to drag shows in Canterbury did sometimes. you? yeah so I'm originally from London Kent border Bromley yeah yeah I mean I'd always say I'm a Londoner because of course but <laughs> in that same vein it's like an hour's drive to Canterbury I think yeah it's um, not it's not far at all no and my friend went to Canterbury Uni as well so yeah I've like been there a few times and I used to go to drag shows there back when I was very obsessed with drag queens <laughs> uh Tokyo Tea Rooms was that no, where you would have gone it was another one and I can't for the life of me remember what it was called but a girl once beat me up in there it was very very oh, dramatic okay well that's not a vibe yeah no, it was fine I don't think it was a reflection on Canterbury I think it was a reflection on drugs but oh, that too <laughs> now I currently live in Bristol I don't know if you knew I did know I do live in Bristol now and as you can hear from Jess she clearly comes from Bristol oh her accent gives me life <laughs> I love it so much honestly she's so Bristolian bless her heart have you ever ventured this way no I have not I've never been to Bristol um, the most I know about Bristol is that I watched um, Outlaws <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's about as much as I've got what about Skins Skins was Bristol oh was Skins Bristol mm. oh no actually talking about Skins gives me a bit of PTSD like I wanted to be Effie Stoneham so much never, I wanted to be never. Cassie oh oh mm. yeah I mean that was so problematic but I also really wanted to be Cassie I, too I used to say wow all the time when I had gold shoes and stuff oh god I'm wearing, she used to wear watches on her ankles and stuff do you remember yeah. that and like, oh God, and I thought she was the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. She was actually very mentally unwell, bless her. Heart. Yeah, and I did yeah. not recognize that when I was a kid. I was like, no, because wow, they romanticized so cool. it. Yeah, completely. <laughs> completely. Skins was definitely, yeah, it was it was everything I thought house parties were going to be. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I honestly used to watch Skins and be like, Is, are other people's lives like this? Am I boring? Like, <laughs> I drink a lot. Why is why why is my life not like this? Why am I not waking <laughs> up in a field? 
Well, I thought today it seemed fitting to tell you some Bristol ghost stories and lore. Oh, that's, yeah, I'm here for it. I love a bit of local lore. It makes me so happy. It also, and I shouldn't really admit this, but it gave me a chance to research this town that I've lived in for four years. Yeah, but sometimes you need an excuse, though. You need a reason, you know? You don't generally, ordinarily do it. Yeah, it's a bit like Colston. Didn't know who he was until, which is very privileged to me, didn't know who he was until he came down. Do you remember that? No. Do you not? When Colston got put in the river. Oh, no. Yes, I do. Mm. Did not make that connection. Yeah. No, and I wouldn't have known either. Again, very privileged of me. Had no idea. Watched the whole thing and was like, woo! Yeah, exactly. I was literally... (laughs) 10 minutes away from like I was in the Black Lives Matter protest yeah and I wasn't far from when they took it down completely didn't know it happened (laughs) but it's it is funny because you have all of these things and and it's the same in Canterbury you know I've lived here for 10 years and there's so many things that like when my family come and visit or whatever they're like oh we went to this really cute little museum and I'm like where yeah where is that because it's only when you show people around that you're like oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly it's such an odd phenomenon about living your hometown you just end up knowing so little about it <laughs> exactly it's like i've never been to the tower of london despite living in london oh have i been yeah i've only been mm. i actually don't know if i have been <gasps> i need to go i really want to go i love the ravens uh, let's let's make a road trip a road trip yeah, to the tower we'll of london <laughs> so are you ready for some west country ghosts that's yes. my best go at an accent (laughs) better than mine so i loved it so important to know in the first story i'm not going to say the name of the place just because i haven't got permission but it's very easy to find it online if you're a bit curious about it so the first story i have today takes place in a hotel in bristol built in 1760 the grand building was originally a large private home to a wealthy merchant and had its own chapel on the grounds in the mid 19th century an extension was built which became the site of a nunnery and a school for girls. Naturally, the nuns ran both the school and the chapel. Rumour has it that one of the young nuns fell pregnant during her time there, and sadly she was so distraught and worried about the backlash from her peers and the community that she took her own life. When the other nuns found her body, they feared the scandal that would surely follow from such events, and so, instead of giving her the proper burial she deserved, they covered up what had happened by bricking up her corpse in an alcove. This was often considered no more than a scary story. That was until World War II, when part of the building was damaged by a bomb and the remains of a long dead skeleton were found within the rubble by builders. And this was then the haunting would start. Her ghost is said to be seen climbing upstairs that no longer exist while she weeps. Guests today in the hotel can often hear disembodied voices too, as well as their names being called out or even whispered gently to them. Allegedly, bathtubs even fill themselves up with water sometimes, and some unlucky guests even experience the feeling of someone or something pressing down on their chests as they sleep. And finally, the most haunted room of the hotel is said to be room 160, where those staying within have reported the apparition of a figure in a brown robe. Could this perhaps be a monk associated with the building's religious history? All in all, it is said to be the most haunted hotel in Bristol, and it's easy to see why, considering its tragic past and with it being a large old building. What could be a more perfect setting for a ghost story or two? Stories about nuns 
in that situation in that predicament make me so sad because even though there's an element of it that's like there's nuns bricked into alcoves fucking all over the UK according to ghost stories you know but every so often you do come across stories where you know this this stuff did happen like this stuff did. did happen to these women and like for as somebody who grew up in Catholic Ireland mm. like getting a, a nun getting pregnant I mean an easier option for that nun was to take their own life was yeah that's just it was an because easier it option worth, for them. wasn't worth living anymore no it wasn't worth it you were you had absolutely destroyed every ounce of credibility you had within mm. your community and within wider society so you know it was easier to just take your own life and like I, I do think that, you know, to avoid a scandal for the Catholic Church, you know, that it was sometimes easier to, to just get rid of the bodies in an easier way mm. and, and never speak about it again. Yeah, um, uh, it's done and dusted. And that's no tea, no shade to anybody who is listening to this who's Catholic. No, I think, of course I not. think, like, I, I always try and make the distinction that, like, you can have Catholic beliefs and also recognise that the Catholic Church has done some fucking awful things, you know? Exactly. And I think that's only natural to not anything that you're a part of that's part of something bigger. You're not going to necessarily agree with every aspect of it. No, not at all. Like, I, you know, I was raised Catholic. I don't I don't identify as Catholic anymore, um, but I was raised Catholic. So I understand, you know, that it, it's very important to a lot of people and might be some people listening who do um, subscribe to the church. Mm. But like, oh, those are the yeah, just those nun stories make me really sad. Um, I know, I know. But also, but just stop with the haunting bullshit. Yeah. You know, move on. But you can run me a bath if you want. Oh, I'm yeah. down for that. Is it the right temperature though? That's the thing. Like, knowing my luck, I'd be like, oh, the bath's run. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> See, that's it. I, I feel like a ghost nun would in- inevitably run you a cold bath. Yeah, to be fair, it's not going to be a nice warm bath with bubbles, is it? No, there's not going to be a lush bath bomb in there. There just isn't. It's not going to happen. No, and what's the point of a bath about a lush bath bomb? No, really, like that is that it, like that that is the the question of life. If you don't have a bath bomb, yeah. If you have you even had a bath if you don't post a photo of your legs in the bath on yeah, Instagram and the bath like, or, <laughs> or a boomerang of the bath bomb going into the bath. Exactly, these are things that have to be done. Imagine you're you're posting your boomerang of the lush bath bomb going into the <laughs> bath, and there's just an apparition of a nun in the background. <laughs> I don't know if this is something that will make it into the podcast and if it does enjoy everyone but I once posted when I had Snapchat years ago I once posted a picture of my legs in the bath I already know where this is going and I didn't see that my full frontal (laughs) lady parts were in that and it went on my story and I then set my phone down was like not gonna be on my phone in the bath and 40 minutes later (laughs) your vagina was on Snapchat (laughs) for 40 minutes yeah Oh, I like people's boyfriends saw it, like oh, no. friends' boyfriends. No, no. <laughs> but look, you know, I just be like, you, you could pay good money for that on OnlyFans, yeah. so you got it for free, babe. Okay, I just got so many. It. I like went back to my phone, like, why well, have I got so many notifications? Oh my god, my legs must have looked great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, hopefully, your friends were like, babe, ringing you frantically, being like, you, but you, I put you it on completely silent. Oh. I put it on like, do not disturb, like. I was like enjoying my bath. <laughs> oh, that that uh, that actually brings me such joy because it's so funny. I think like oh. younger me, like me, like you know, how old am I? Thirty two. When I was in my early twenties, I would have felt like that was the end of my world. But as as a thirty two year old woman now, if I did it, I'd be like, oh fucking Jesus, Emma. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be particularly I think concerned I was, about it. 
I was like probably 24. Oh yeah, then I would have been like, oh dear God. I think I took it quite well. I think I did. Fair play to you. (laughs) Was it a good bath bomb though? That's the question. Oh, you know what? I can't remember. I think my vagina stole the show. Yeah, I think the the (laughs) bath was probably overshadowed by the vagina, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) We are not naming this episode that, even though I kind of want to. (laughs) My vagina stole the show. I mean, listen, (laughs) it did. It did. And it's stealing the show right now. We're still talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to stay in, hasn't it? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Well, I guess on that note, we will go to story two. And there's a ferret around somewhere. Where are you? Uh, Truffle, what are you doing? Come say hi then. Oh, look at his little face. You okay? She doesn't like humans. She, like, doesn't hurt us, but she just... Like she's never, she's never bitten, but she's just not phased by humans. She's like, oh, you're so annoying. She's like, Shh, like just leave me alone. But look at that little tiny face. But she loves Busby. Oh, I just want to like smush her little face. She's very cute. She just doesn't care for us. We're annoyances, if anything. Fair, you can accept <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> My second story comes from an affluent part of Bristol known as Clifton. Today, Clifton is a well-kept, expensive part of town, situated to the north of Bristol. There you can find Pembroke Road, now a leafy street lined with grand old houses, mostly converted into flats, with high ceilings and beautiful period features. However, in the past, this road wasn't always so quaint and beautiful. It used to be known as Gallows Acre Lane, and the nearby Clifton Downs, where Bristolians and tourists alike can today enjoy a stroll with a view, was once a dangerous place. Pitch black at night, highwaymen would frequent the Downs and terrorise those they ran into. The most notorious of these was perhaps a Welshman named Jenkins Petherow, who lived during the 1870s. Standing at under four foot tall, Jenkins would pose as an injured or lost child, then rob, stab and sometimes murder those who stopped to help him. Thankfully, he was caught in 1873 and for his crimes was hanged on the site of them at the top of Prembrook Road. His body was hung with chains and reportedly covered in tar and left out to rot to serve as a warning to other highwaymen and would-be criminals. But this would not be the end of Jenkins' tormenting of Bristol, as apparently his ghost would be seen to climb down from the gibbet and haunt the area. He could sometimes even be seen dancing in the moonlight. This would continue until his body was finally buried at the top of Pembroke Road, where he was hung up. Today, this is a grass junction, and rumour has it he still haunts Pembroke Road from time to time. So beware if you're travelling at night around those parts, and watch out for the ghost of Jenkins Prethrow. He sounds like (laughs) such a vibe. I know, like, dancing in the moonlight as well. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Who does not want to hang out with this guy? But I must admit, what really freaked me out when I was writing this was the thought of him climbing down. Yeah, that's that's less good because obviously he was short in stature. So mm. would have looked like a child climbing down from the not gibbet. Like, not, not, not here for that at all. Um, Highwayman was such a... Like, I hate to say it because I know they like robbed and killed people or whatever. But like, were they a little bit cool? I feel like they were a little bit cool. Remember when we're talking about morality of murder? Yeah, I know, I know. And here's me being like, highwaymen are the ultimate 
bad boys, you know? <laughs> this is the thing. I don't know much about them, except like they were, li- so they were literally just men on horses most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They were just men on horses. They were, there was particular stretches of road that were like notorious for highwaymen. They'd do a lot of like, like this guy yeah. faking injuries, you know, they'd um, stop carriages, rob people. And then yeah. go and you know, whatever sell what they had robbed. Sometimes they killed people, but not all the time. And it was just a massive. Seems like it was just a massive problem for a period of time in England, where you just had highwaymen everywhere. But if you were ever going to have a highwayman, like Jenkins Prethero is a highwayman's name. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like his mum was like, "How do I make sure my son turns to crime?" <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, highwaymen, because we all know. They are the bad boys of the criminal world. You yeah, know? she was like, my son needs to be cool. Yeah. So, I mean, bless him, he was tiny. No, yes. no shade to any short men, you know. Like, I'm, I'm also five foot two, so I can't throw any, any shade. Yeah, that is pretty tiny. But listen, he made the most of it. He used it to his advantage. People were shorter then as well, weren't they? People were shorter, and I just feel like, you know, sometimes you read about um, executions and stuff. Like, why were they so extra? Oh yeah, was there like, any the, need to be covering people with tar? Like that's what I want to know. What, what I know is because it like it's hot and painful and mm, whatever, right? But come on, was there any need for it? When you read about the kind of the way that people executed people back in the day, I do just feel like, God, as a collective, we're not okay. We're not no. okay. No, I mean I went to Amsterdam recently and went to the torture museum there. And like just some of the things that people think up, you're like, really? Yeah. And like in the same vein, when I went to Malta this year, um, I'm making up for lost time, okay? <laughs> in When I went to Malta, we went to like a dungeons as well. And there was all these like torture things. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, like the things Who sat we have down? done to who's, each other. Whose job was it to sit down and go... How can I inflict as much pain into somebody as possible without killing them? Like somebody sat down and designed those items and then somebody else sat down and like physically made them. Like you, know, you ever see the, mm. the pear? The, it's, it's like a metal pear shaped object and you put it like in a woman's mouth or in her vagina or whatever. And then it expands out. Jesus Christ. Oh, I know. And I literally saw it in a museum one time and I was like, I, somebody made this. Yeah. Knowing what it was going to be used for. Yeah, it's really weird for me as well because I think I come from a profession where everything we make, even though people sometimes think we're torturing them, it is made to like help people. Yeah. So for that to be like the complete opposite just like goes against what I've literally been trained to do. Yeah, literally, yeah. So it's so weird, though I'm I'm sure many people who I've put catheters in and stuff, bless them, would be like, well, you fully tortured me. But um, it's just... Yeah, it's it's so odd. And like, I always think like pulling people's limbs and stuff. Because I know, I do understand that a lot of it was, you know, allegedly preventative. You wanted to make it as gruesome as possible so people wouldn't commit the same crime. But mm. then I did, but, but there was also, there was also just a, a bizarre pleasure in it as well. Definitely. Oh yeah, because. You know, like for real. I always find it amazing that people like to go to watch executions, but everyone hated the executioner. Yeah, how how does that happen? And if you, I don't know if you've ever read, there's a really famous piece that Dickens wrote about going to one of those executions, oh, and um, he wrote this this kind of um, like a short article, I suppose, about his experience of going to an execution in London, and it sounded like it was just feral, like it was just 
everybody was pissed all day it was like sex workers everywhere people having sex everywhere like people fighting in the streets it was a full on like like foot on festival vibes you know what I mean yeah. and just for the day of the executions like he I was going to say it sounds a bit like pride but pride is more like ordered than that yeah like pride with less executions <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh yeah I mean this is the thing I would have probably gone though that's the thing because we all say you know as people even in the modern world we all say no, no I would never I would ne- how did people do that how did people go and see executions blah 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 but you probably would have gone because it was it was normal mm. it was considered a normal Sunday afternoon thing to do I fully think people would still go to like death row th- uh, like like lethal injection and stuff oh yeah if they could yeah abs- of course they would they'd go out of a morbid curiosity and likely dress it up as I just want to see justice being served it's like no you don't yeah, no, because um, I mean we could sit talk about that all day, but uh, yeah, it's 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 very weird that they. Oh, he also said that he was. I don't know if it was just the way I don't know body hung with chains, reportedly covered in tar. So he, he could have still been alive, which would make sense. But at first, I thought that they executed him first, and that's why I was like, I have no idea why. Why they what would the purpose a- of that afterwards would be. cover but, him no, in tar? Makes sense. I also wonder: is he really still under that grass junction, or is that just a good bit of like? Ooh. I always, you know, those 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 bits of stories where you're like, that can't be true. I always just choose to believe them anyway. Especially yeah, when it comes to, to old it. folklore. I'm like, yeah, sure. I also have definitely probably driven past this and had no idea. So now I'm going to be like, ooh. <laughs> Every time you'd be like, is he coming for me? Jenkins. <laughs> to dance in the moonlight. <laughs> Honestly, like, we'll put that song on. He'll love it. He'll be like, oh my God, was this made for me? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, mate, it was. Made for you, babe. <laughs> so because both of these stories freak me out a little bit and I don't really know why I researched them in the daylight and I don't know why they freak me out but it was something something did sometimes it happens with stories though where you, you don't expect it and all of a sudden you're like oh I'm I'm scared now yeah I definitely couldn't have my feet hanging off the chair <laughs> I had to <laughs> put them underneath me <laughs> So regardless, this next and last story is less scary and more funny. And one I must admit I've been wanting to speak about for a while because I just think it's brilliant. Apologies in advance to anyone who doesn't like profanities, but one I think we've already sworn and two, fuck it. Now, technically this isn't a Bristol haunting. This is a Somerset haunting, but I figured near enough and I made the rules, so I'll break them. Here is our last story today. In February of this year, 2022, ghost hunters were called to investigate the beauty spot in Somerset, known as Quantock Hills, after reports were made of a rude and angry spirit telling those visiting to fuck off. According to witnesses, a woman in white is said to haunt part of the hills known aptly as Dead Woman's Ditch at Overstowey, which was named after the murder of Jane Walford by her cheating husband in 1789. Ghost hunting couple Christine and Dave Thomas travelled to the area in 2020, where they said they picked up a voice before Christine was shouted at and told to fuck off by what she called nasty evil spirits. Other locals have reported seeing ghosts in the area, with one telling how they were around 17 years old and driving down a road when they saw a bright white figure at the side and so slowed down. The figure appeared to be a woman dressed completely in white, old-fashioned clothing, and they couldn't take their eyes off of the apparition as they drove past. However, neither could they quite bring themselves to turn back round for another look, 
and so they continue to just drive back home in complete shock. Another person said they have seen what looks like a tall figure with a dark long coat outside the pub on the edge of the road. However, when they checked back, there was no one standing there. Of course, many skeptics believe that the swearing ghost first mentioned is just a prank, either a hidden speaker somewhere in the picturesque scene or just someone hiding nearby shouting profanities at walkers. But personally, I know what I would be like as a ghost. Angry at anyone messing up my favourite walking spot or disturbing me when I'm trying to be at one with nature. And that would definitely warrant a fuck off or two from my ghostly lips. And I just love this. <laughs> if I'm going to be dead for all eternity and nobody brings me back to life, which I am expecting, <laughs> let, let it be known that I want somebody to bring me back to life when I die. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be telling people to fuck off, too. I'm going to be doing it. I reckon my luck would be that I would become a ghost who can't summon up the energy to communicate. Oh, so I can't. imagine how annoying that would be. And that would be my luck because I'm a chatterbox who is a loud mouth, who, you know, makes their political views known. It's just a, gen- oh I'm my a general God, nuisance. <laughs> Nuisances forever. <laughs> because I'm a general nuisance, I know that it would just be like, right, you can't make a smell, you can't make a sound, you can't move things. And maybe all that anger would mean that one day I'm just like able to go, fuck off. <laughs> oh, how good would that be if that was the culmination of all of your eternity of rage? Just you I mean, going, fuck off. That was I'm it. here for it. And I just love this. Like, just imagine you're walking through like a, a, a beauty spot, albeit named after a murder. Um, walking through a beauty spot and you just hear, fuck off. You're like... Oh, I didn't realise I was on Bristol High Street. Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> or also, you were walking through a beauty spot and you hear it and your first thing is, that's a ghost. Yeah. How how does how is that your first thing? Yeah, because I would honestly still assume teenagers. It's always oh, yeah. teenagers. Yeah, it's it's always it's always teenagers. It's always somebody mm. fucking around. Like, I would... My first thought would not be, that is a ghost who really wants me out of here. No. And then that, if it was a ghost, would just annoy the ghost even Very more. Very frustrating. I mean, I would fully come back as a ghost who yells at people for littering because I am, if I see someone littering, oh my God, the urge to go up to them and be like, oh, what are you doing? Is so, I don't, I don't know I can make that noise. Uh, it was actually <laughs> impressive. I'd pick up yeah. my litter if you did that to me. <laughs> like, because I have that anger inside me as a, a living human, I feel like as a ghost human, if I could go up to people and just tell them to fuck off when they littered or something, fully would. Oh yeah, it'd be great. I think I'd do it as a live human though. <laughs> yeah, my, my one of my heroes is that woman. I don't know if you've seen the video. She's on a bike and she someone like litters out of their car, which really annoys me because just keep it in your car. And she like picks it up and cycles up to them and throws it back in their window. What a babe hero what a babe like maybe yeah we need more we need more people like her in general love it yeah i wish i, I wish i had the the bulls um the lady bulls it, it. it feels like something that you do really impulsively or at least i would i do it impulsively and then be like <laughs> i can't believe i did that i can't I'd believe be shaking I did that. afterwards yeah. <laughs> really cycling away really quickly terrified that they were going to say anything to me also on a bike it's pretty like good going because they can just knock you off ballsy love it yeah, absolutely love it. But I, yeah, when I was writing, I think I more needed to end on this uh, 
this story so that I wasn't scared. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think I'm immune. I've got like asbestos skin when it comes to ghost stories. Every so often one comes up that makes me go, oh, I don't like that at all. But most of the time I just, I read it and then it goes into my brain and, and out of my brain very quickly. It's weird because when I'm chatting with people about them, I'm fine. When Jess is telling me them on the podcast, I'm fine. When I'm listening to a ghost podcast, such as yours, or I listen to The Dark Paranormal, I'm like, I'm not, if I'm listening and it's nighttime and my boyfriend's in bed and I'm awake doing like washing up or something, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to listen to something funny or some music instead. Because uh, suddenly it gets to me. Yeah, and suddenly you're like, is there somebody standing behind me? I don't yeah. know. But is there someone in my tiny garden watching me as I do the dishes? Very weird if they are tiny tiny garden but <laughs> but they might be there you don't know also can I just as you mentioned the dark paranormal do go and listen to the dark paranormal if you don't already very good Kev is a gem um, we did a paranormal investigation together which you can find on YouTube I had to think about that I was like what's that thing called <laughs> what's that thing called where people have videos uh, tube of the U the tube of the U's um, yeah so yeah massive shout out to Kev um, go and listen to dark paranormal it's great yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, it's one that definitely scares me as well. I love listening to people's paranormal stories and I was brought up that ghosts are real. I wasn't brought up that it was a opinion. Okay. It just was a thing. Just was a fact. Yeah, it's like my mum brought me up that the Loch Ness monster was a real thing. I mean it <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't bring it up as like a cryptid or like anything like that she just was like oh yeah the Loch Ness Monster is this animal that lived in Scotland and just showed me a documentary on it and I was like oh okay yeah but that's the way to do things <laughs> I think sometimes because it's very it's very magical thinking and I love it yeah and also the Loch Ness Monster is real your man was right yes uh Nessie we love you this is actually now <laughs> Nessie, Nessie if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening uh drop us a like rate us <laughs> comment <laughs> subscribe <laughs> leave a little review make sure you let us know that it's you <laughs> give us your version of events yeah you know <laughs> we want to hear it from the cryptid's mouth Nessie we want to hear your side of the story <laughs> Nessie breaks her silence <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. It has honestly been such an honour for me as a fan of yours. When I reached out, I was like, this is a probably not going to happen, but you know, shoot your shot, take it. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was delighted to be asked. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Oh. <laughs> I love going on podcasts. It makes me really happy. And like I said earlier, it has been an honour to be on your podcast as two people who do um, a podcast that is kind of an ethically sound true crime podcast I very much respect what the two of you do like very, it's, you. it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to do and it's a difficult thing to do well and I very much respect what you guys do thank you we appreciate that we uh, hope to never change we hope to never lose sight of it <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, definitely something that you know I think it's easy to do I think it's, it's happened before um, I hope not with us but I think it can happen and I, I just hope that we're we're able to keep it keep it peachy you will of course <laughs> thank you once again you can find emma's podcast real life ghost stories wherever you're listening to us right now and you can also find her on patreon as well so have a little look for her there if you enjoy her content i think you will and yeah just thank you so much for coming on make sure you check out emma to get your spooky fix 
send us some ghost stories as well because we are running out. And anything else you want to end with, Emma? Um... <laughs> Yeah, maybe... No, I don't actually. I don't know why I said that. No. no, I don't have anything else I want to say. Yeah, just also, if you haven't already, go and leave True Crime Coven reviews because it does make a difference to people when you leave them reviews. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's all right. So there's nothing left for me to say really except stay spooky. Hey guys, if you have a ghost story or a case suggestion, please email us, truecrimecovenpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at True Crime Coven or on Instagram and Facebook where we are at True Crime Coven Pod. Also, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could rate us wherever you're listening to this right now, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or if you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up, click that bell, get notifications yeah. every time we post. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Make these two witches smile. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, witches.